I don't know if you know this, but today is the first ever thank you day. Has anyone seen that in the press this last kind of week or so? Um, I mean, you could argue that every day should be a thank you day, but um, that's a whole other thing. But this is an opportunity just to say thank you to the people in our lives who we're really grateful for. So there may be teachers or grandparents or, you know, other people in our lives. Um, so just a reminder, maybe there's people in your community that you can just go out to and just say thank you. Maybe there's a neighbor that's been really kind over this last year. Maybe something you can do just to reach out and say thank you to them in this moment. Um, so last Sunday, we spent quite a lot of time being thankful and grateful. We were talking about, um, we had our celebration Sunday service. We baptized some people. We um, celebrated all that had happened over this last year. And we really just said a massive thank you to Jesus for all the things that he has done in, our, in the midst of our community over this past year. We're so incredibly grateful. And I don't know if you, you notice this, but when, when, there are, when there are good things happening, we notice where God is at work, don't we? We see good things happening. We know that God is actually in the midst of that. But equally alongside that, we see things that aren't so good, don't we? We see, we see this pandemic continuing. We see people sick, people grieving, people hurting. We see the chaos of the world around us. And, and, and we just think, how long, O oh Lord, until you fix this world, until you turn this around? We see those two things living together. Now, 2,000 years ago, it was a very similar situation. The people of Israel um, were living in a land that was ruled by the Roman Empire, the most, you know, uh, the biggest empire in the world. They were, they were hard to be around. You had to live by particular rules and do things in particular worlds. It was really hard for them. And again, their prayer was probably something along the lines of, how long, O oh Lord, until you come and lift us out from this place? And it's into this tension, this place of frustration, that Jesus comes. The man, God made man, flesh and blood coming into our neighborhood. And he walked around and he um, told the, um, the, um, the people that followed him around that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven was near. Now, they'd have probably heard this kind of thing before. Other people would have said that kind of thing. But there was something different about Jesus. Because when Jesus came along, when Jesus walked into a room, things changed. The blind could see. The lame could walk. People were healed. Dead were even raised to life. And the good news of God's kingdom was proclaimed in many different places. Now one day, Jesus left the house that he was staying in. And he took a walk down to a lake. I mean, that sounds pretty serene, doesn't it? Quite nice and peaceful. I think he probably had his disciples with him, his 12 closest friends. But before long, crowds obviously heard that he was around. They might have, maybe some of them have even experienced his healing. Maybe some of them had heard about the good things that he was doing. And they wanted to find out for themselves. And so they gathered at this lake shore. And Jesus had to take a step back. There were too many people, so he took a step back into this boat. 
and started to tell them stories. And we often refer them to them as parables, the parables of Jesus. And over these next few weeks, over the summer, we're going to be unpacking a number of these parables as we think about what is heaven really like? Because at the start of a lot of those parables, what Jesus says was, the kingdom of heaven is like. And then he started to tell a story and to unpack what that was like for us. So this morning, what I'd love us to do is to read some, one of those parables. So we're going to read from the parable of the weeds, which is in Matthew chapter 13. So if you've got a Bible with you, maybe you're sat at home and you can, you can bring that up. Maybe you've got a physical Bible in front of you. You're here this morning. It'd be great if you would turn to that with me. We're going to read um, from verse 24. So this is what he says. He says, Jesus told them another parable. And here we go. Here's the killer line. The kingdom of heaven is like... It's like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the good weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And we're just going to pause there just for a moment. So Jesus often spoke in parables. He spoke in stories. Why, why was that? And I'm sure there's a number of reasons. But if you can imagine that what he went through three years later, at the end of his time on, on the earth, he, was, he ended up being crucified um, and he appeared before the courts. And, and we know what happened there, but eventually he rose from the dead, which is such good news. But if he'd have spoken directly about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. He may have been arrested on the spot. And so much of what he came to do might never have even happened. So for those looking on, you know, he's talking about fields and farmers. There's nothing going on here. I'm just telling a lovely story. Yet for those that are hungry for more, there is so much more. You know, we can simply look at this parable as a, a kind of um, a guide to, you know, to look after our crops. And, and maybe there's some good stuff in there. I'm not the man to talk to about that. But with each parable that he shares, there's always more going on beneath the surface. Unfortunately, Jesus explains more. We're, we're going to pick up again in verse 36. If you want to know what happens in the middle, you need to come back next week. You'll hear about that next week. This is what it says in verse 36. This is Jesus explaining the parable of the weeds. So much better than I could. So he says this. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the son's and daughters of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, 
and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his, his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. So, what does this parable actually tell us about the kingdom of heaven? Firstly, the kingdom of heaven is good. Verse 24, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed. Now, often we think of heaven as a place with angels on fluffy white clouds playing harps, singing beautiful um, songs just like Ash, maybe a little bit lower. Um, but now, if you can find that here in the, in the Bible, let me know. But I, I've read this through quite a few times, and the Bible doesn't, it does seem to talk about heaven a little bit differently. You see, heaven is it's a spiritual realm. Heaven is what it looks like when God is in control, when God is in charge and he is reigning. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So every random act of kindness, every time we pray for healing, every time we welcome others on a Sunday morning or put out a chair for someone, every time we give generously with our time and money, every time we love one another, that right there, that is good seed. You see, when we see kindness, generosity, love, we see healing in action, this is what Jesus is talking about, the kingdom of heaven coming to this earth. And yet sometimes there's bad seed, and we don't have to look too far, do we? We see sickness, we experience bereavement, the loss of jobs, the struggles with debt and money, the inability sometimes to even put food on the table. And this is the tension that we live in, where things are not as they are meant to be. You know, sometimes we refer to this as the now and the not yet of God's kingdom. We see good, but right now, there is still so much that is bad in this world. In the end, we know and we have that promise that all will be made well. But for now, good and bad seed live alongside one another. Now, we might look at that bad seed and think, God, why all this sickness? Why all this brokenness? Can't you just rip out those weeds? If you're not going to do it, maybe I can do it. But you see, God's ways are not our ways. Verse 28 and 29, God's kingdom doesn't always arrive in the way that we want or expect. Verse 28 says this, an enemy did this, he replied. Do you want us to go and pull up? Sorry, let me just, so, so the servants asked him, I need to read, I can't read. Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds up, you may root up the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. Sorry, my eyesight's getting a bit worse. Um, now, before I unpack this, do you see how he's okay with our questions? 
You know, the, you know, the, the workers come to him and he, they say, was this you? Didn't you plant good seed? Can we go and pull up the weeds? You see, when we see, when we see things that aren't right in the world, when we see people that are sick and hurting and broken, Jesus actively invites us to bring him our questions, to bring him our doubts, and sometimes even bring him our anger. How long, O oh Lord, until you make this right? Why is there so much sickness, disease, and brokenness in the world? You see, we notice the weeds, don't we? But Jesus notices them too. But Jesus lets the good and the bad seed grow together. Isn't that sometimes just incredibly annoying and frustrating? We're impatient. We want to see an end to this. We think, I can do this. And so perhaps we start doing that anyway. We start pulling up the weeds. We become overzealous and start deciding for ourselves what is wheat and what is weed. And when we do that, what happens is we become the judge And the problem is, if we pull up that bad seed, we're just as likely to damage the good crop. Now, in the home where we used to live, we used to have um, some raspberry plants. Um, We didn't plant them, but they were there, and the fruit was good. So I knew that they were good because I tasted the raspberries from that tree. It's a tree, is it? I think it's a tree. See, I'm... Let's leave that there. Unfortunately, they were often tangled in weeds. You know, you get those creepers that kind of go around them, and so... You know, when I see those creepers, I just want to rip them out. And so I would do that. But the problem was that a lot of those raspberries then landed on the floor. And you either had to eat them immediately or that was it. They were, they were done. You see, when we rip out the weeds, when we start to identify and call out the weeds in others around us, we start to pull out the good stuff as well. And if we think of the context of our own lives, when we start pulling out the weeds, we don't just pull out the bad stuff, we hurt people. When we think we know the best, we hurt people. When we're impatient and overjealous, we hurt people. When we think our ways are best, we hurt people. You see, we judge others by what we think wheat is. And so anyone who doesn't behave like us Well, they must be the weed. We never for a minute think that we might have some weed in us because we judge others by our standards when we have little and sometimes no idea what's going on beneath the surface of their lives. We're so good at judging ourselves by our intentions and others by their actions. I am so guilty of this. If I'm late leaving the house one morning, then it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, well, it's fine. I'm the one driving or I'm the one, you know, it couldn't be avoided. So I just justify it in my own head. But if my boys, if they're late leaving the house, it's like, I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you're late again. You haven't brushed your teeth. I hope they're not listening to this. It's always the teeth. Um, Even now, I I don't know. Um, And often I find myself raising my voice. I get frustrated. Why do I do that? It's because I'm guilty of judging my own children by their actions rather than their intentions. Whereas I do the complete reversal for myself. And I think we're all guilty of that, aren't we? I do it in the car too, in the wrong lane at a roundabout. Well, there's always a good reason for it. 
the car in front didn't give me enough space, or maybe I've got an appointment and I need to get there quickly. Do you not know? Um, but if someone does it to me, and I don't, I tend not to shout, or maybe like I might have done a, quite a few years ago, but normally there's a very British sigh, or look, or a little bit of disgust, maybe even a roll of the eyebrows. Let's just think the best of one another. Life is so much better when we do that. And actually, we get to be part of the good seed, and we get to share that with those around us. Let's love one another as Jesus taught us. You see, it turns out Jesus was right. He always is. We're not that good at sorting out wheat from weed. We're not good at sorting out good from bad. We must leave that to Jesus because our enemy are not the weeds. As Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, if you want to look that up at some point, our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So let's grow together. Let's encourage one another with the good seed, and let's be patient. Let's deal with our frustration and give it up to Jesus. Give up, slow down, and put our trust in God. A God who does see, who notices, and yet is patient. The one who has a plan for everything, a plan for the weeds, and a plan for the good crop. So if we want to align ourselves with God's ways, what can we do? And just a couple of things I just want to share as I come into land. The first thing is, is to judge less and love more. In other words, it's not our job to judge. I think I've already unpacked that a bit. But Jesus didn't say, love God, judge one another. He said, love God, love one another. And he went on to say, by this, everyone, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Have we forgotten that? I think sometimes we have. Because we, we all do it. We judge people who are not like us. Who didn't vote like us or look like us. We judge the driver who cuts us up and the football fan who supports another team. I'm quite guilty of that sometimes. Um, we spend too much time worrying about what others are or aren't doing when we need to look at ourselves. Like I said a moment ago, we judge other people's behavior and, and, and their decisions where we let ourselves off the hook because we know what we intended to do. And, and I think this has got a lot harder over this last year with COVID. You know, we were in our own little bubbles and we're isolated from other people that, um, you know, we can be surprised by the result of an, an election um, because our social media feed might tell us something completely different, telling us the other side was going to win. But after lockdown, as we come out and we see more people, we actually have to come face to face with people whose opinions we don't agree with who don't think about things in the same way that we used to. Because, and, and we increasingly are finding it harder to disagree well. You see that in the headlines, don't you? You see that in like news reports. You see that all around us. 
you know, when I have a difficult conversation with someone, sometimes, you know, those come up. But before we even start, often I will say, can, can we remain friends regardless of what happens at the end of this conversation? Even if we still have different views, let's continue to love one another. Let's continue, let's disagree well. Can we try and do that? And as we do that, find new ways to love our neighbors, especially those who don't yet know Jesus. And the second way we can align ourselves with his ways is to simply come to Jesus. And and as I was preparing, I just felt that that was the invitation. That is the big invitation. It's come to Jesus. He wants you to walk with him. Jesus went around all parts of Israel and he kind of just called out people to follow him. And that's his invitation to you today. Have you seen those adverts where they kind of take you around a place, you see like a hand in the shot? It's like he's reaching out through your screen if you're online today or in front of you right now. And he's beckoning you to come with him. He says, come, follow me. If you're tired, if you're weary, if you're grieving, if you're feeling full of joy, come follow me. And I think, I I think we've got quite comfortable with the way that life is right now. Don't know if you find this, but actually life has found it's a new pattern. And maybe once a week, or once a month, or once every couple of weeks, we might engage with church in some way. We may come into the building, we may um, come online. But actually there are six other days to our week. And we've got far too comfortable in those six days. And he's inviting us to follow him each one of those days. It's not just something we do once, it's something we do continually. We keep coming back to him because his invitation is new, it's fresh every day. Every morning that you wake up, he invites you to come and follow him. Where are we going to go today? What are we going to do as we go into our workplaces, as we come downstairs and make a cup of tea, as we take our kids to school, as we walk to the bus stop? as we put our rucksack on our bag, as we navigate a new day at school or college, he invites us to follow him as we go into all those places. And that's the invitation for us today. And so as we come into land, what I'd love to do is just invite us, give us the opportunity to follow him again. Maybe you've never said yes to him. Maybe you've never decided to follow him and this is a moment where you can do that but I think for many of us like I say we've got too comfortable with the way that life is and we need to choose to follow him each day so my my prayer is that my prayer is all of us can pray this together so can we stand actually I'm going to invite Holy Spirit to come. I'm going to pray 
a prayer that I'd love you to make your own. And then we're just going to see what he wants to do amongst us this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome your presence. If you're online right now, why don't you just put down any distractions that are getting in the way? Put down your toast or your coffee mug or your phone, probably. And just listen to what he wants to say to you today. So I'm going to pray this prayer now, and I'd love you to make it your own. Jesus, thank you that you call me. Jesus, thank you that you love me and you want to be with me. I choose right now to say yes to you. To say yes to whatever it is that you have for me. I choose to turn away from my old way of living whether I've got too comfortable, whether I've never walked with you before, I choose to turn away from those ways and I choose to fix my eyes on you, Jesus, to come into my life. And Holy Spirit, come and fill me so I know that you are there as you walk with me. He beckons you to him this morning.